Hello, listeners, and those that use us for a sleep aid. I come with a note about this week's podcast with uh, some rather unfortunate news. You see, Nate brought a game made for little girls to buy Rent Burn. Ryan did the right thing. He called the police. Uh, Nate is now in jail. We thought it was bad taste to start a Patreon for bail. So, as you can tell, it's a rather tricky situation. Um, but the show must go on. We use the phone system through the prison, which is not very good. So, we apologize for the audio. Just think of this one as one of those cool crime podcasts that talk directly with the serial killers in jail. Uh, that's the best we can do. Sorry. Enjoy. Hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 33. We are everyone's favorite bi-weekly gaming and geek culture podcast. My name is Ryan and as, as always I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. That was the closest I've ever come to calling you Justin so far. That was like on the tip of my tongue. I caught myself. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. So You can call me Justin. All right. Is that our safe word? <laughs> yes, Justin. <laughs> All right. So let's start the podcast off like we always do with Byron Burn, the recurring segment uh, where we pick a game for a given system. This episode, it's the Game Boy Advance. Uh, each of us picks a game. We play them all individually, and then we will decide which ones we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Uh, going through the list here, Andy's pick is um, X versus Sever, um, or Ballistic X versus Sever. I couldn't really find... I saw it listed both ways. I don't know if it was like a region thing or what. Um, and then Nate has gone with cl the clear winner here. We probably can just stop by rent burn. Uh, but he went with Bratz, Rock Angels. I'm going to make you go through the whole thing, so <laughs> torture you. And my pick is Snood. Um, so let's go back up to the top, talk about X versus Sever. Um, so the description on this one, an FBI agent and a rogue NSA agent are pitted against each other in a deadly game of cat and mouse, both skilled assassins bent on personal revenge. Each must terminate the other in order to survive, but unknown to each other, they are both pawns in a much larger conspiracy. Now the hunters have become the hunted. They must both determine who the real enemy is. Yeah, this game is based on a really bad movie that I don't think anybody ever remembers. I certainly didn't. No, it was like Lucy Liu and stuff I saw when I looked it up, but I don't remember yeah. this. <laughs> and Toyo Banderas, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but then they made a game of this. You were saying like they made this game before they even produced the movie. Which yeah, is kind of yeah. Funny I looked too. it up on a wiki and they, like they bought the right and the game actually launched before production of the movie even started. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that just drove people to the theaters to watch this. Thing. Yeah, I yeah. think I played this game three years ago. Let's go watch the movie. <laughs> so I just like the game. I wonder how much of like that story in the game is actually anything to do with the movie then. Probably not much. Right. They said it know. was just like a rough, at the point that the game was done, it was just like a rough concept. So they just kind of wrote their own story. Sure. Huh. And that's not the point of the game anyway. You don't 
really care about the story. Um, this right. is a first-person shooter on the Game Boy Advance, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy that they pulled that off. Yeah, it runs really damn well. Yes, for having D-pad and two buttons. Well, I guess the shoulder buttons you strafe a little bit, but yeah, yeah, it's it plays really well. Um, it's it feels a lot like Doom for sure, but. Yeah, it's definitely overall, a Doom clone, but like I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean like they really took the source inspiration and made something awesome out of it. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say it was a close. Uh, it was like the old computer Wolfenstein, something similar to that. But yep. Yeah, probably closer to Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like that. Going up to the doors too, and opening the doors the same way as Doom mm -hmm. and Wolfenstein. Uh. I don't know, the guns actually look pretty good in it, too, for a Game Boy game. The people that you're shooting, not so much. They look like just a pixelated mess, but... Yeah, that is the worst part. But, like, even the textures in the walls and stuff, like the 3D mapping, is yep. really high res, like, considering the system and everything that's going on. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I liked it, and I liked the element of like kind of the trial and error. Cause like they give you such a short clock uh, to get through some of the levels. So it's like a little bit more, I think they kind of had to do that to give you a little more incentive to like keep pushing faster. Otherwise you could just really, cause it's not difficult. You just take your time, pick guys off one by one, but that mm -hmm. counter to get to the end of the mission and you know, whatever the objective is to complete the level really kind of put some fire under your butt. It's fun. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with that. I played, I actually played it quite a bit because uh, it did run so smooth. Um, looks, you know, it was okay. I, I don't have, I didn't play a lot of Game Boy Advance, so I knew it wasn't going to be anything high res and crazy, but it, it looked, looked pretty decent. I was actually going to say the same thing. The guns came across as fairly, fairly good looking. And so uh, it was definitely a a fun game, one that uh, for me was kind of easy to play, and I uh, had no problem dumping, you know, forty-five minutes into it, easy, just kind of sitting there and not really thinking too much about it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it just, I think, like for a Game Boy Advance game, if you haven't played a lot of that, Nate, like, I mean, it there were a lot of games that tried the three D, but like most of them turned out pretty poor. Like this one. Mm -hmm. It runs really well considering everything they're putting on screen. Um, so I don't know what yep. kind of compression tricks or whatever they did, but it uh, it's way more fluid than it has any reason to be or right to be. Yeah, and I know Doom actually came out on Game Boy Advance too, but I yep. I wonder oh, if really? that plays just as uh, smooth as this one does. Yeah, I'm curious now. I should have bought that um, Rare Collector's Edition uh, at MGC that I saw for ten. Passed up on that though. Mm -hmm. and collector's edition was the one where uh it was just a piece of masking tape on the cartridge and somebody wrote <laughs> doom on it so <laughs> um i i did you guys notice though from the menu and i assume this required split screen like a link up but it had an option for multiplayer yeah that's crazy yeah. isn't it yeah so like it must have been like a x versus sever like two on or one-on-one -on -one deathmatch is that i mean that's kind of what there I was different different objectives too that would be kind of cool too i don't know yeah 
I'd be curious. Did anyone look yeah, this game definitely. up to see what it runs for? Is it expensive? No, it's pretty cheap, I think. Okay. I don't think anybody knows about it, really. Yeah. I will keep my eye out for it. I just... I gotta imagine this didn't have a huge print run, though. Oh, I'm sure yeah, not. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, they're both about five bucks. Yeah. That's, yeah, a, a solid investment. Even at 20 loose cart, I would say it's fun enough to justify that. Yeah. Might have to snag a copy. Yeah, did you guys figure out how to crouch? Yes, both shoulder buttons. Okay. Took oh. That one took me a while to figure out, but I did finally get it. Yep. Because I, I feel like... that one out. Yeah, I, I could not get it. And there was a couple, like, grates and stuff that I feel like would have been pretty awesome to get into. Mm-hmm. For secrets and stuff, but... Yeah, it's, which, I mean, both shoulder buttons and that use, given, like you said, you get two face buttons and two shoulder buttons. Like, it's a pretty smart use of controls. And, like, yeah. the strafing felt... Like, I was worried because I was like, it's gonna be kind of off, you know, if you're just turning with the D-pad. But once you realize you get the strafe, like, man, it, it's so easy to maneuver. Um, but it's it's very like close to Doom and kind of what they do with enemy placement too. Like there's always somebody immediately around the corner. So like eventually yeah. you just yeah. you shoot as you turn because you know that's gonna ha- you know there's gonna be somebody there. Yeah, but you're rarely ever flanked or anything like that. It's just right. You're just always focusing on what's ahead of you. You know. Yep. And it's not overwhelming. It's not like mm-hmm. just a flood of people coming after you. That's why. I mean, it was the simplicity that was kind of nice, but that game definitely had a lot going on too. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, um, yeah, it was it was simple. It wasn't a difficult game to play, but it was definitely one that was just again sit down and put time in, and forty five minutes go by, and that's it. Yeah, I yeah. think what it boils down to is just like a really solid engine. And just like very yeah. good game and level design, because and it just all kind of comes together. Like it's just a very <clears throat> easy game to hop in and enjoy. If you've ever played any shooter like this before, you know exactly what to do. And I I laughed every time it loaded a level, and it would say like time frame four weeks into the future. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, yep. a whole four weeks. Let's we're going crazy. <laughs> because <laughs> i know if i could time travel i'd go just four weeks ahead i know i was excited about that and then it turns out they were just in court recapping what happened and it's like <laughs> oh this isn't oh, exciting oh that's not good that's not fun <laughs> all right so should we move on to nate's pick um i'm curious what the description is on this I, one. I liked how your tone of voice just slowly went down <laughs> all right should we go to nate it died along with my soul after having played this game <laughs> So, Nate's selection, Bratz, Rock Angels. Um, So, the description, you get the chance to live the life of a rock angel uh, as you help Chloe, Jade, Sasha, and Yasmin start their own fashion magazine. Uh, The search for the perfect... I love this so much right now. (laughs) I love that you are reading this. (laughs) I don't love that I have to read this. (laughs) Keep on going, keep on going. (laughs) The search for the perfect scoop will take you around the globe where uh, where famous places and famous people... Uh, make for amazing adventures. You can shop the latest fashions, um, explore Bratz Town and Bratz City, and uh, start your very own fashion magazine. So, oh yeah, 
Yep. This is an action-packed video game for the for the Game Boy Advance. Um, I, I have a confession to make because I thought that uh, you hate us and made us play add- this game. No, I I, I <laughs> thought by adding this to the list because this was like one of my first times on the podcast. We were choosing all these games, and I was, and I was like, for some reason, the first one I saw on the list, and I was like, oh, I'll I'll put it on, and I put it on. And I was, I thought I would go back and, and delete it and put something different on, but nobody ever said anything. Nobody's like, I can't believe this is on the list. Change it, change it. So I was like, well, I guess we're going to go for it. <laughs> and we did, we did. I, uh, I, I took one for the team cause I played this game for about 30 minutes straight. That is, ex- I did this for you That's guys. exactly 25 minutes more than I gave it. I would have played more until I got stuck, if I knew how to get unstuck. You were stuck? I was moving furniture around and it wouldn't do anything after that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Once I got the fetch quest of sweeping. clean fourth floor and bring late, bring whoever her lunch, I'm like, nope. Like, I oh, dropped, man, you got to go past that. You no. got to go past that. It jumps off after that. <laughs> Does it really? It just blows yes. up into this amazing open world game. The story is hilarious after that. Ugh, I wasn't reading any of it. So much text. Oh. An absurd so amount of text. There so, was a lot of text. Um way more than there needed to be. And and the having I can't believe we're even talking about this game, guys, but um going around like they have a bubble above everything that you need to accomplish. And so and some of it's really basic. It's like sweep up the dust, which the <laughs> dust is very similar. Like it, it's very clear where the dust is, but then you sweep it up and then there's another bubble and another bubble and it keeps on going and going and going. Um, it's a beautiful game. It looks great. Plays nice and smooth. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I pictured, you know, two days ago before we recorded this, people are like, okay, pick a different game. Pick a different game. So it's kind of your fault now. I was thoroughly entertained by the story. I have to say this. Like, the story is basically, if you guys have not seen, like, The Devil Wears Prada, it is that movie. Yes. Oh. Uh, You're working for this, you know, basically bitch of a, a boss and you do a really shitty job unintentionally, but she goes off and fires you oh. says you're never going to work at a fashion magazine again. Uh, so one minute later you're talking to your friends and they're like, Oh, that's just, that's just wrong. Let's start our own fashion magazine. So immediately you have a new office to your fashion magazine and it is the fifth floor, the one floor above the old place you used to work. Nice. So, oh yeah. So you showed showed your old boss there. I enjoyed that you liked the story this much, but I'm surprised that you hung in there long enough to uh, make the correlation to the Devil Wears oh. Prada. I would I would have kept playing <laughs> if I would have figured out. <laughs> well, you can always live stream it. Maybe I will. I it said I needed to move four pieces of furniture, and I tried moving the desks around like five different ways, and it never registered. So I don't know. I'll stream it with you, Andy. You okay. and I can do pull an all nighter on this game. Yeah, we're good. Really present it to the people well. 
But like at the end of the day, this it's does a speed just... run because we're the only ones who's ever beat it. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, though, it just boils down to fetch quest. The game it was like I can't imagine it evolves beyond that. I mean, I think there's some it... mini games in there farther on, but yeah, oh. probably not much. Dig deep to get to those, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anyone's not familiar, brats are those stupid little dolls. That were like the, uh, I don't know, minority They're Barbies, the ugly pretty much. Version of the Barbies, I guess, yeah. is kind of what they were po- aimed at. And then they had a TV show, and then a bunch of games. So. They're the tough chicks of the doll world, right? They got bigger heads because they're badass. Dyed hair, mm. bigger muscles, pierced clits. Well, all right, let's talk about Snood. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my pick was Snood. Um, I love the description on this on GameFAQs. Here's the literal description. Snood is a puzzle game developed by Rebellion and was published by Destination Software, which was released in 2001. (laughs) Nice. Um, So for anyone who may not know, Snood was basically like one of the last sort of viral shareware games that like really took off around the, I would say 98, 99 was when it was huge. It's basically, um, responsible for wasting a lot. Yeah. It's bust a move. And, um, it was in every computer lab in your high school or middle school. And that's kind of how we all knew about Mm -hmm. this game. And then for some reason we got picked up well after the hype and was lazily ported to the Game Boy Advance with <laughs> virtually no upgrades or changes. Um, I personally am a big Bust Move fan, and I played the hell out of this game, um, wasting time in high school back in the day, and I really like it. Um, that said, it is just an inferior copy of an already great game. And I, I think this held up well. Um, you know... Snood never had a joystick, so it always kind of had like iffy um, keyboard controls anyway, or mouse controls. It was a little easier with the mouse D-pad. It makes it a little harder to get those precise aims, but that's the one thing with Snood is like the clip detection was always super sloppy and loose. So you can like slip pieces past other pieces in ways <laughs> that you just realistically couldn't in um, Bust a Move because it has better game design. But uh, it's <laughs> it's almost like the developers of Snood like, anticipated their poor hit detection and sort of built the game with that in mind. So, I don't know. There's not much to say about this. It's Snood. I know Andy, does, I know Andy doesn't like this game for some reason. I'm, I'm curious as to why you have a disdain for Snood. It mostly comes down to the faces. I yeah. just can't get over... Like the creepy faces. You're not wrong there. Um, and I think it was, I want to say there was when we had a computer lab or whatever in school, I always wanted to play a different game and everybody else said, let's play snood. Yeah. So I think I got kind of, (laughs) I don't know. It got on my bad side. Yes. (laughs) So maybe there's like some wrong, uh, maybe I judge this a little bit wrongly, but I don't yeah. know. Well, it's never fun to have a game forced upon you. No. You know, as a gamer, you want, you want, uh, options. You shouldn't have to just play snood. This, uh, port 
specifically is the music is horrible, mm. like some of the worst music around. Um, and I want to say like the older PC versions and stuff, they had more like a, I think they called it a puzzle mode where it was like, you get a certain number of actions to get rid of Yep, all of the pieces. And yep. I didn't see that in this one. It also had like, just like a straight, like challenge mode where you could fill like how many snoods you wanted and like give yourself like the, the time, like the refresh rate. So you could kind of like build your own puzzles. Yeah, and then from what I saw here, like you said, it's just a straight level one through the progression of the campaign, which is kind of, that's a bare bones port. Yep. On top of something that they really didn't make look a lot better, even though they had a better <laughs> color palette and could have. I mean, it looks way better that's... on shareware than it does on the GBA. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Like the colors, like you said, you can tell that. Snood was made in a time where you had like what thirty-two colors on your computer, so yeah, they were all very primary, saturated yeah. colors. And they didn't even take the time to um, accommodate it, like from a sense of scale for the screen it was going to be on. They just letterboxed it. Like <laughs> they put no effort into this. They're like, Snood's hot. This is the last cash grab we got. We're doing it. That said, yeah. I still enjoyed it. A lot. I played this probably the longest by far. I just found myself wasting like an hour and a half and even realizing it had gone by. I enjoy games like this. Um, this one, very ugly. Sounded awful. The faces do look terrible. Not a good port whatsoever. But uh, these games are very addicting for me. So, I, I'm of course, if I had an option between Snood and Bust-A-Move, it's going to be Bust-A-Move because I absolutely love that one, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it is, it's just, it's just like it. I, I don't know. It's nothing fancy. It's ugly. It's an ugly version of Bust Move, the ugly stepsister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is the ugly version of it. I, I don't know. It's, so it's like, for me, it's heavy and nostalgia, but it's still played okay. I mean, good enough. I think there's a sequel too. I think you're right. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think so. On the Game Boy, yeah. Yeah. Because Snood needed a sequel. It's something like Snood's Go on Vacation or something dumb like that. I wonder if it's even a puzzle what? game then. Oh. I'll have to. Uh, well, maybe that'll be a next pick. I'll. <laughs> might be my next Game Boy Advance pick. So. <laughs> well, let's go back up through and. And give our verdicts. Andy, we'll start up with you. What do what do you think in this go round? Yeah, uh, my buy is going to be X vs. Sever because I was just incredibly impressed by what they pulled off on a Game Boy Advance, and for how smooth it was to just play a first person shooter on a mobile system like that. That's just nuts. Yeah. Um, talk about music. They didn't ha actually have any music in that game. I don't think. No. I think you're right. No, no, you think yeah, I think you are correct. Yeah. So I don't that might be like a limitation thing where to keep it smooth they had to just be like nope, no music. But or they just I'd simply rather... ran out of space and they didn't want to loop like a four second clip and right. drive us nuts. Right. But I'd rather have no music and have that game than yeah. you know, hamper it. Um my rent is going to be Bratz Rock Angels. Are you effing yes. kidding me here? <laughs> yes. All right, I'm gonna Okay. 
I actually, I, I <laughs> laughed a lot at that story. That was hilarious. And I was like each character, there was like no characterization at all. It was just basically this and that and this. There was a little bit of Heathers mixed in there. Um, so you can leave, look forward to that. But uh, yeah, I, I was impressed for something I thought would be a lot worse. It reminded me a lot like it was built on like a, almost like the Mega Man uh, Battle Network. <laughs> Yes. You're giving this game far too much credit. <laughs> I'm loving every Oh my second gosh. Of this. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in there. And it, you know, I like RPGs, so there's a lot of I don't mind the talking and and dialogue so much. Um it wasn't very smart dialogue, I'll say, but it was hilarious to read. Um so that's going to be my rent. Um my burn is going to be snood because I don't like the original of the game to begin oh, with, no. and this is the worst possible port that you could get out of that game. So, down with Snood. I just lost so much respect for you. <laughs> and I will be buying you every Bratz -like thing I find in a thrift store for the rest of your life. <laughs> so be prepared. I'll try and play them. <laughs> well, I mean the dolls, so, you know. Oh, oh, sure. Well, I'll play with those too. Okay. Well, that was unexpected, Nate. How about you? Well, Ryan, you're going to be very upset today. So, um, I mean, the obvious buy here for sure is uh, Ekin Sever. Um, again, just to mimic Andy, it's it's a smooth game. It's impressive for what they were doing on uh, the Game Boy Advance. Um, and it, it's one that was just... It was fun to play. It was really fun to play. If I had a Game Boy Advance, I'd probably want that game. So um, that was 100% above everything. Definitely a buy. Very impressive. Um, and then you are going to be angry because my rent is going to oh be Oh, my rats. God. We are shutting down <laughs> um, the podcast. This is over. This is the last episode, everybody. It. 33. We had a good run. This <laughs> then Ryan ended the podcast and murdered Andy <laughs> on this season finale. Yeah. Um, so the reason is uh, Snood doesn't have a lot to offer for me. I like those types of games, but um, if you strictly look at like the rental value, what am I going to have more fun with? Snood. And it is going to be the Brats because there's going to be. <laughs> it, is, it is not going to be. <laughs> You don't need to because rent brats. You'll find it under a couch cushion at like your aunt's house. Like it's from your knees. There's there's more to the game. There's more to the game than than snood. And so you have to look at it as the whole. So uh, I, I I don't know. There's a lot to the game. You can play it. It's not like I'm going to. Then why would you rent it? What? Why would you rent it if you're not going to play it? If it came down to renting Snood or Bratz, I would pick Bratz because there's going to be more to it than Snood. The Snood, Snood is the same thing over and over and over again. Bratz, there's variety. Bratz are sexier than Snood faces. That's true. These are my girls. Sorry. I don't know what is we're, happening. We're burning Snood. I am I, I so like... Snood. I have lost faith in humanity. <laughs> this was experience. actually extremely liberating for me because I was like, I'm going to be the only one that is going to rent Brad's. 
and Andy. You guys are both <laughs> My delusional. Dude. We are teaming up hell. On, on Ryan right now. I almost <laughs> would put here's here. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I thought Snood looked like butt, but it played exactly like Snood. I almost would put Snood as my buy. Like it, it's it's a better game than Brad. Man, you hold to your guns no, so it, much. It, because this is insane. This is an insane conversation that we're having. I'm buying X versus Sever. Of course I am. It's a great game. I'm renting Snood because it's not fucking Bratz. Nobody <laughs> should play Bratz. If you're not a nine-year-old girl, don't fucking play Bratz. It's a fetch quest for, like, rich-hearted nine-year-old girls. It's not a game. Wiki says it's an action game. Wiki can suck my dick. <laughs> So mad at this right. right now. You've, you've never thought about You're running so your mad. own fashion magazine? No. Oh. You get a sweep. You get a clean the fourth floor, move furniture. Oh, you get to sweep the fifth floor too. Oh, once you get up once you get up there, you start sweeping that too. Ryan, we're gamers. You gotta, you gotta explore all different things. I play games, not licensed trash. You're missing out. Uh, I'm trying to find review scores on this. Oh, I bet you. It's They're high. high. Medi- yeah, the Metacritic is stupidly high. It's like 60% for the PlayStation 2 version. I don't yep. see the okay. one for the game. So let's compare it to Snood. <laughs> I don't care. It could have like a negative 10 and it's still a better game. I said compare it to Snood. What, what's the number? I'm looking. What do you think I'm... <laughs> 68, oh, 68. So <laughs> suck it, you fucking bastards. <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> uh, uh, obviously, they didn't play enough of Brad's. To really obviously, you two are like, I don't know what you two are smoking, but it's got to be that you guys are on the same trip. They don't even have Actually, a review on the Brad's game. Just so the PS2 good. one. Huh. Couldn't get so you're saying there's opportunities. There's probably a CGR undertow video out there somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Alright, let's move on before I really lose it. Another <laughs> another Byron bird in the books. <laughs> oh. We know how to dare to dream tonight is the night what we want to be will be we're gonna make it through let's conquer the fears take every chance hold back the tears what we want to be will be we're gonna make it through Into our hearts, close to the edge, ready to start, and it's so good. Dancing on the air, it feels so good. Nothing can compare, cause the beat in our hearts is the beat of the charge. Like a spotlight, we're cutting through. It feels so good. Shine here in front of you. Alright, so let's move on to. The main segment of the podcast. Uh, let's dive right in with um, the most recent news on uh, Microsoft's camp, I guess. 
Um, and that was the announcement of xCloud, which is going to be their streaming service, allowing you to play Xbox platform games on any device, handheld, you know, tablets, uh, phones, uh, which is exciting news. I also feel like it was very reactive to um, Google entering the gaming and streaming market with their beta for, uh, what are they calling it, Project Stream, I think is what it's called right now. Um, so this is kind of two different stories, but they're very interwoven, I think. Um, from what I heard, I don't know the beta for Google's Project Stream. You get to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like right out the gate, brand new game. Um, and I'm sure it varied, but I read a couple like insanely positive reviews for uh, a service where you're literally just running you know, AAA games out of your Google Chrome browser. Like, that's kind of mind-blowing. Very. Yeah, it all comes down to lag, right? Right. Between both of these. And if they can figure that out, even on a, you know, something that's digestible, at least. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like, um, at least with the Google Stream thing, it does, like, an upfront check on Internet Connection right away. Um. And uh, I read a couple of people talking about how they were running it on like PCs that were, you know, everyday PCs and you're still getting like medium to high quality visuals out of it. Um, it sounds like most of the compression came through with the audio, which is kind of a bummer. But if you're going to lose one area, I mean, I'd rather sacrifice that and still have like a great controlling game. Because if you think about that, like at that point, you're not having to do with any of the hassle of downloading, installing changing settings like that's a pretty attractive platform if it works consistently and if you're most likely going to put headphones in or, or whatever or audio quality make that big a difference or if you're running out of speakers or whatever yeah you'd hope not yeah and then so with microsoft's thing like i don't know i just kind of it makes so much sense for like the direction that they're headed with game pass. And I mean, if they try, if they kind of transition and bundle like live game pass and like stream anywhere on anything, I think that's where they want to go. And it seems like they're making the right steps to do it. Yeah, for sure. Because and you know, if I was just going to say, cause at this point, what's the value of the box that I have in my room, like this right. generation, there isn't one. Yeah, that's true. You know, and Sony's got to be over their shitting bricks over this, because if this is really the future, like, they don't have their hands in the same things as Microsoft and Google, you know? Well, I mean, let's cut we, Sony a little slack. They just figured out how to do cross-platform play two weeks ago. You know, that was a big, big milestone for them, baby steps. Right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, that's why, like, mobile gaming is such a huge thing, because people use their phones every day. Yeah. So if you can get that game on a browser, if you can get that game on your Windows platform to just boot up immediately and go, like they're already at a huge advantage compared to Sony. What do they have? A TV? Yeah. That hardly any people own, you know? Yeah. Cause you imagine like just the convenience of having like a Xbox One controller, just like I just keep one in my car. I just throw it in my backpack and whenever I want to play anything, I mean, you just fire it up. Bluetooth it to your phone and go. That'd be incredible. 
That's really interesting that just the power of even the phones being able to run stuff like this. Um, yeah, that's really interesting to see how technology has come a long ways where, you know, even five years ago, phone, no way could that run anything. Right. Yeah, the bandwidth wasn't wasn't there, the infrastructure for sure with streaming. <clears throat> I think like well, and that's another interesting point is you know the Switch is doing streaming with certain games, but it's not it's localized exclusively to Japan because just the Wi-Fi support there is overwhelming. I mean, in the U.S., we have a bigger problem with consistency and network speed outside of like major you know cities. Because um, actually, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a streaming service game. For the switch in japan um i don't mm-hmm. think they've had as much luck with their services being as reliable from what i've heard but huh. it's interesting that <laughs> the switch is sort of in the background on this as well and like you said sony hasn't mentioned anything other than that they're making another console now <laughs> right <laughs> that it's necessary to make another console that's their response apparently we need that place so on these articles that. on these articles they were talking uh they were having a controller with the phone on the controller, like pictures of that. Is that is that a thing that exists already, or is that something that they're looking at? No, I mean, there's already devices that do that. I mean, there are people that yeah. have like stuff like that for even Fortnite. I mean, there are Bluetooth controllers, the clip for your phone. Um, right. So, just like my drone controller, where you just slap in the, the phone and you to go. Yeah. Interesting. And I could see myself, like, I probably wouldn't use a device like that. I'd rather just have, like, my traditional controller and, like, set my phone on a table or something. But I could see how people would want to have, like, an all-in-one unit. It's like the NVIDIA Shield all over again. Mm. Except that that's the Switch now, I guess, so. I think this is a good time to be a chiropractor. Everyone's going to be hunched over their phones. (laughs) Shoulders in. Staring at a tiny, you know, five-inch screen or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm changing my profession. I think it's exciting times and, like, it's obviously the evolution that the industry is going in. It's just also another step closer to the uh, inevitable crossover that us as collectors fear, and that's the oh, end yeah. of physical media. Because um, yep. it's it's approaching faster than I think a lot of people expected well at this rate it's the end of ownership too because i think once you start the streaming thing they're really going to push it as a it's a service you don't own that's true you know you don't own any of the games you can't play it whenever you want if they're on the service at that time sure but boy you're making yeah when you're making a digital download to your console sound appealing in comparison to what you just said like that's a scary (laughs) thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) As long as my PS4 doesn't die, I've got this game forever. But yeah, that's yeah, that's so true. Once the browser's closed and once the service is gone, yeah, what do you own? It's gone. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be, it's just like Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say, Netflix. and then you're going to have the constant issue that Netflix has with licensing and rights and like renewals. Mm-hmm. Like stuff will come in, stuff will drop off, which I guess isn't horrible, but it definitely changes, you know, ownership. But if that's the only option. Right. You know, there's a lot of digital games that have are gone now that if you still have the physical, you could still play. Yeah. Alan Wake, I think, is like the most notable one that people are always talking about. Yeah. 
So, like, if that wasn't an option, like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. And the push for mobile game now is more than ever. Not mobile being, like, cell phone games, but, uh, you know, Switch is, is mobile. Mm-hmm. Now everybody wants to start moving mobile, which is just really interesting, we hope. I hope that, you know, these, like, PlayStation, Nintendo, they just, they don't forget like the people that like to just sit in their home and, and play. So hopefully the focus doesn't go that way. I mean, when you went, um, when everybody was doing like motion controls, like everybody started jumping on that, that bandwagon. And it felt like normal gaming started to kind of take a back seat a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah, what it doesn't I, get too crazy. I think like the the silver lining with something like this is that like <clears throat> if the service is always like just app or browser based, like it can be whatever you want it to be, right? Like it can be that mobile game, but you can also fire it up on your Roku or smart TV or mm-hmm. you know. So hopefully you'll have every option you want, and mobility is just an added benefit, but not losing quality, right? And you shouldn't. I mean, I think that's their end game. And then not having to sell you hardware that they take a loss on. It's probably the ultimate yeah. end game. <laughs> but it's just going to be who's going to get the best curated list, right? You know, it's going to be like the whole All Disney right. scenario with, or Disney scenario with streaming right now. is like Disney's pulling out. Like they're going to be off all platforms and have their own thing. So like who's going to get EA? Like you're probably going to win. I mean, mm-hmm. it's over. There was a study that was saying that like uh, piracy is on the rise again because of streaming. All these streaming people are like, oh, I'm getting off this network. I'm starting my own network. You know, it's. Oh, yeah. They're fracturing their own so, demographic. Yeah. So it makes it harder for everybody to watch what they want to watch. So they just resort to piracy after that point. That They should know that to stop piracy, you have to make it easy. Yeah. It's an interesting point. I hadn't even thought of that. The same thing with Steam. Once all these other guys start pulling their games off Steam and making their own launchers, it's going to happen there too. Yeah, which is kind of too bad because, like, with the availability of like streaming services, like Steam was poised to be like the platform that could have like pulled that off and launched it because like everything was housed on Steam for the most part mm-hmm. with PC. And now, yeah, like you said, it's just dissolving within the last year. Got your Ubisoft launcher and your Blizzard launcher, and instead they're just like going through and curating and deleting like non-game games. Like, good job, Steam! You finally did that after like eight <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, it's probably only like four people that work there. Who knows? Could be. Gabe Newell's just sitting in the corner counting money. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Could you make us a game? No, busy. Go away. <laughs> Let's make more Alienware uh, Steam machines. That's what we want. <laughs> so what else has happened in the world? Well, the rumor that there's going to be another Switch. Ah. Sounds yes. kind of weird. Sounds about right, I guess, but I don't know. You can't shake it up too much, I don't think, right? Right, and I think like people are getting like... I think people are thinking that they're going to go like XL and like the new switch, you know, like change or add a thumb. I mean, realistically, like it's two years in 
the switch is all running already running uh, a dated processor um and screens when it launched so really they're just at the point i think where well one they can sell more units because they get people to upgrade and then two they can make it more cost effective and power efficient um so i think that's what we're going to see i don't think we're going to see like a different version of the console i mean it's going to run maybe they'll have more um you know gpu so that they can push it more once we get to next gen and we've got whatever microsoft and sony have and it won't be as easy to port games backwards. Um, but I don't think it's going to be Does as big. Does the price thing. point stay the same? I think so. Mm. I think it would. I feel like it's a little early. I, I don't know. I was surprised that this conversation was happening already. Um, well, two years isn't isn't that long. Um, when I don't know when uh, when uh, the Xbox when they started doing their variants xbox whatever um so this generation it's the same timing because i mean realistically we're going to be at like three years in once this launched probably and that's about when pro and uh project scorpion or the xbox one x that's when that was like almost delivered so they're not the three-year mark yeah they're not that far off pace like the three to four year was when that dropped i mean certainly the news is out there at the three-year mark Sure. And I think we're going to see a similar thing where this will be like the new model going forward, but it won't be as big of an improvement to really force anyone to upgrade if they don't want to. Yeah, as long as they're not doing that 3DS shit where they're like the Xenoblade only works on the new 3DS, you know, like that, that stuff can't happen, I don't think. Yeah. And if you look at their other like console lines, like, I mean, there was... Look at the DS, the DS Lite, you know, the DSi. I mean, they have a pretty consistent track record of like every three years, like revising handheld software. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the Switch, yes, it's a console, but it's primarily the handheld. So I think it's kind of in line with that. <clears throat> I would be excited to see if they did like an XL version, but I think the reasons we won't see that beyond like maybe a screen enlargement is just that they've already created a platform with like Joy-Con and everything. I think I find it unlikely that they would start selling different variations of those, at least different sizes that don't work with all models. They'd have to change the dock. They'd have to. Right. Well, and I'd be fine with that. Thinner or whatever. Yeah. If they launched it with a new dock that wasn't a piece of shit and looked like a toaster, I'd be happy with that too. A mini dock. I mean, what if they did? What if they made one without a screen? You know, or you know, it was just a home console, just to PlayStation TV it up. Basically, just get on a really cheap price point. I don't know if that would be something that would be interesting because that kind of goes against their marketing. But and I think we we stand the potential of seeing a price drop in the switch with a new revision but i think it would also not include a dock just like they revised the 3ds (laughs) and didn't give you a charger like you're getting a newer system but oh yeah you have to spend another 20 bucks outside of this thing so we just assume that would be like 199 99 or 249 or something like that yeah but i don't know if like i could see like 250 maybe if they if they're struggling next holiday season to move consoles but right now they're not really in a position where they need to drop price no. at this point. No. Nope. But we might see it. I mean, who knows what the next year is going to hold for them? 
Um, there isn't a whole lot that I'm excited about right now for the Switch. So, I think next year is going to be an interesting year for them. I agree. Yeah, especially if news of like next gen consoles from the other competitors comes out, mm-hmm. and you realize that like all of these games will be, if they get ported back to the Switch, will just be completely different games. Um, yeah, it'll be a make or break year, I think. Well, it's already made, right? Like, but the longevity yeah. of the Switch will be very much determined by what happens in 2019, I think. Yep. I haven't seen a lot of AAA titles yet. Uh, so, I mean, that really makes makes it or breaks it for me. You know, mm-hmm. okay, what else are you going to come out with? I mean, we had we had Breath of the Wild, we've had Odyssey, um, and really not a whole lot this year. You're going to get Smash, of course. Right. Um, to me, Smash isn't like a AAA title, though. Um, I think it, we just really haven't seen much this year, and so yeah. I'm hoping that next year they have something that is impressive, or at least a couple of games that are really impressive that can be that not to that same level but that breath of the wild um type of game something big i'm worried that they think it's going to be animal crossing and i think with each new animal crossing you just it just that popularity just deteriorates because it's the same game over and over you know well that's the problem we're at is like they're heavy hitters like if you really look at it like to me, Smash, Animal Crossing, and Metroid all fall in the same category in that they're really loved franchises in the series, but they don't hit the mass market in any way, shape, or form compared to like a Mario Party or a Mario. Or I mean, Smash is the most successful probably out of all of them, with Animal Crossing having a huge following. But like, I don't think most people who haven't already experienced those games give too much of a crap about them. I mean, I think it's a very... And there's only so much you can do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only so much you can do with a Metroid game uh, without completely messing the game. And Animal Crossings, there's only so much you can do with that. Um, these games that we love, that we grew up playing or whatever, kind of limited. There, there's not much you can... Much more you can do with them that is going to get absolutely crazy. So I like, I like that sentiment just after you were talking about Breath of the Wild. Well, I mean, yeah, that was nobody an incredible would have game that five years ago. No, but it's it's hard to imagine. Okay, what would the next one look like? What is going to be absolutely crazy about that one? Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, I would rather play Bratz Rock Angels than another Animal Crossing because I know what Animal Crossing is. It's, they're vo- both very similar games. But I don't know what's in store with the Bratz dolls. So comes back to Bratz. I just can't get away My from girls. this thing. Okay. Maybe that it's gonna haunt you know they podcast. are they are teasing a new Smash unveiling for a new fighter. Maybe it's gonna be one of the Bratz girls. We can only hope. Yasmin. Which one would you pick? Fight. I don't know who. Which one? Are. <laughs> I, I don't care. Sadly, Andy knows he's so into the story right now. Let's deflect this yeah. before we go any further down the Brad's hole. Don't go down the rabbit don't hole. Don't go down the rabbit hole. My answer is the Tweevils. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I again, yeah, I say that with Breath of the Wild, but 
we need we need something big, something different for that in my mind for the switch to be successful. It is overall successful when you look at <laughs> sales and money and all that stuff. But personally, I'm going to say, okay, Nintendo Switch is successful. Let's see what's happening in year. What is it? Year three? Yeah. Well, their biggest issue right now, more so than even lack of content, is just they fail to do quality of life improvements and stop bogus middling ports and organize their eShop. I mean, they're burying themselves. It's becoming like a bloated mess of just shit on shit. You can't, you couldn't go into the eShop on that thing without knowing what you were looking for and find a gem anymore. Like no. that just won't, won't happen. That's a problem. <coughs> That's a big, big problem. Yeah. There's no discoverability on there at all. No. And they're going to lose third party support and indie devs once it gets to the point where nobody's getting a slice of the pie because there's not enough to go around. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of already hitting that. Oh, neat, you look so cozy in that blanket. Thanks, bud. I don't have a I don't have my snuggie out, so it's too bad. <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear all about Mega Man. Mega Man eleven. That's what I've been playing or did play. Um, so obviously Ryan and I, uh, we put a video out, you guys should check it out on YouTube. Um, just kind of our thoughts on the game. It's not a review or anything like that. Uh, I was excited for Mega Man 11 to just jump into a game that I haven't really done since Mega Man X. And, uh, I loved it. it. It played, played nice, looked good. Again, nothing fancy, nothing really crazy new with it but it was just a good solid Mega Man game hard as balls i played i played on normal and it was freaking brutal uh, on some levels and um this was the first one that i noticed where you could actually choose between difficult le- difficulty levels and uh so you know, it might have been like easy for beginners I think it was beginner. Uh, was there begin- four different? Yeah, ones? there's beginner, casual, normal, some expert, and like insane or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's five total levels. I can't imagine playing it on the level above what I did. It was it was very difficult. Um, stages. I mean, all the stages look good, but um, they were very very tough. Yeah, and they did like. So this is all I've played too since last time we did a podcast, but it's interesting with like every stage they did a like easy progression into the stage. And then about like midway on all of them, you hit a wall where it's just like difficulty spike is real. Like there's some insane environmental hazard. There's always a mid-level boss. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense, but it, like, you know, Nate said, it's all done really, really well. It's done in a very nostalgic way. Um, you know, a lot of people are complaining it's not updated enough, but I think it is. I think it is for now. I mean, for the first new Mega Man game we've had in years and years and years, um, especially at the $30 price point like we talked about in the video, it's hard to fault this thing. I think it's a, it lays a good footwork for um, a, a natural evolution. Um, I think this is a small step. The gears system that they introduced um, is the big you know, 
change, I guess, here. But um, I think they can do more with it, and I think they will after this. I, I, I really liked the game yeah. a lot, and I'm not a huge Mega Man guy. I mean, I like it for what it is, but I really enjoyed it. Except for the autosave feature that failed me. Um, I did a manual save, like two robot bosses in, and then I beat the game almost, got to the Wily stage, and put it down. And when I went back to it, after having shut my system off, discovered that all of that was gone. So I probably won't touch this game ever again, but I enjoyed it up until that point. (laughs) Yeah, I. um, so when you were talking about, and I'm sure most people listening already read up on the game, but uh, the easy stage is is definitely one that uh, I think makes the game uh, replayability much higher because if you're just a casual gamer and you just want to play a game and get far into it um, when you when you fall in the gaps uh, there's a robotic bird that comes down and picks you up um, so I, I think that just encourages that that constant playability uh, where you don't get frustrated and you get done like a half a stage and be like all right I'm done um, I think this just kind of pushes the game along. And I didn't mention this before. I was actually, um, when you defeat a boss and you gain their power, I did like the little cut screen that they had where you could test it out and see exactly what it did. Right. Um, hmm. That was really cool. I forgot to mention that uh, in the video. And uh, I mean, because if you play Mega Man 1 through 6, you have no idea what that power-up does. Right, um, you have to get into a level and waste your energy to test it. Waste your energy to test it. So this gave you kind of um, some practice rounds of, okay, what what is this actually going to do? How is this going to benefit me? How do, how does it run? And that was, that was really awesome. I really liked that part too. So it's just those little simple things that um, that we wish we had as kids. <laughs> In those early Mega Man's, they I think provided us Mega Man Eleven. I love it; it's a good game. Yeah, if they can just figure out how auto save is supposed to work um, in <laughs> games that have been made, in the comes last back 10 to auto save. I mean, that's like that's like twenty ten on forward. If you haven't figured that out, what the fuck? And I never really, I never shut my switch off. I put it to sleep, and I never took the game out or anything like that. So. Um, I'm glad I didn't, because I would have lost my mind if I had to go through Bounce Man stage. Fuck Bounce one Man. One more time. Bounce Man is... That sucks. The devil. That's the worst possible level. I can't imagine anybody playing that and being like, oh, this is so fun. And then they just that make it so all annoying. bright and colorful, too, to just piss you off. <laughs> and make it this happy horse shit design, and it's just brutal as hell. It sucks. I was so happy when I beat that stage. I, I was, like I said, I was to the point of quitting. Uh, I that was my last stage. I was getting excited to to get to the Wiley stage, and I couldn't even just do a simple jump on a platform. I couldn't figure out how to get Mega Man to move the way um, he should, and I used um, uh, Rush. To jump and I used all of that up and I had nothing <laughs> left and I was like no I'm done I gotta I gotta shut it off and I put it to sleep 
and one morning I was like, all right, I'm going to give, give it a go and just give it a little bit. And I, I definitely was grinding away at that game. And finally got it. Stage sucks. <clears throat> you been playing anything, Andy? Yeah, I've been playing a couple games. Uh, the first one Bratz. is, well, that that's in the future. I'll be playing more. Are that, you but... are you forty hours into that game now? <laughs> you wouldn't believe the fashion tips that I've learned from that game. Um, <laughs> the first game I feel so sorry for. I think it is probably the, the the game that's been murdered the most out of my recent memory, and that's Onrush. That game is kind of a racing game. I mean, you're racing in cars, but it's a lot of like, almost like shooter multiplayer objectives, like team deathmatch that, you know, stay in the zone, capture the flag, that type of uh, methods. And it's mostly all online. You can play single player, but it's all bots and stuff. Um, it was on Game Pass just recently okay so i so i booted that up that game came out like what three months ago maybe yeah and it had like a lot of hype behind it in like certain pockets of the industry but like critically and like i feel like but it came out every day nobody talks about it yeah it came out like during e3 mm-hmm. and it just bombed nobody bought it mm-hmm. they fired they, like the guy that was like the lead dev on it and replaced him i know i think they fired most of the team yeah <laughs> Um, so then they are like, okay, well, let's just put it on game pass, right? right? Like get something out of it. Maybe, maybe somebody will buy it or, you know, get some word of mouth going for free work for rocket league. Right. <laughs> so they, uh, put it on there and I was having a lot of fun playing it. And then uh, another racing game came on to game pass and I completely dropped it. I've heard this other racing game is very, very good. <laughs> yeah, Forza Horizon 4. I can't think of a better racing game. And I've said that since Forza Horizon. Every time they make a new one, it just beats the old one. I saw um, some gameplay of that, and it looks incredible. It looks oh. amazing. And so, of course, me being the new-gen idiot, I go out to uh like GameStop and I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for Forza guy for PS4 and the guy was like talking about <laughs> like never mind, have a good day. <laughs> Walked out, but I was I was super bummed that again I didn't know that and it was it looks so good. You know what would you would really be good next time at GameStop? Um that you should pick up for your PS4 is Halo five. <clears throat> pick up a copy of that. Halo 5. Yeah, just make sure to ask him for it for your PS4. Shut up. <laughs> I feel like you guys should follow me around with a camera so you can catch all these, <laughs> these moments. Because if we went out game hunting together, I would do what you tell me. If you were like, oh yeah, they get, I know they have this game in the back, just ask for it. Like, yeah, I'm looking for, for Bratz on PS4. And uh, the guy would be like, <laughs> does does Forza play? I mean, just really smooth. Does it? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I have a I I'm playing it on the One X, 
and you can like make it look nice or you can make it run at 60 frames a second. And I put it at 60 frames a second and it's right. The, and it looks nice. Oh, it's like the craziest thing. Once you have a fast car and in that game, like you can go anywhere. Like it's like a burnout paradise, speed. right? Like that sort of like open world. Aspect. Kind of, but like, like burnout has a lot of fences and stuff. You got to stay on the road, you know? Right. I mean, there's some off-road stuff and shortcuts and stuff like this, but this is like, all this level. is like GTA where it's all completely open, you know? Sure. So when you're going like 150 across, you know, <laughs> these fields and these trees and stuff, at 60 frames a second, it is like the most edgier seat game I've played, I think, in a long time. Do they have like random wildlife spawn? Like, can you like take out a deer or like a moose that runs across? I, there's like sheep and stuff, and <laughs> nice. I don't think you can hit them. Damn it! Like, I've tried every which way, and I think they have a program you can't hit them. Oh, I don't know. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. But it's the one thing I love about I like Forza too, but. The, you know, the motorsport games, but they're just so serious that right. it's just like, I don't know. Even like Gran Turismo, I've burnt out on. Like, that used to be one of my favorite games of all time. And n now a new one comes out and it's like, ah, it's just the same race over and over grinding with these shitty cars just to, you know, get progression to the cool cars. And Forza Horizon doesn't give a shit about anything. They, I, right now I'm driving a VW bus, like the old hippie vans. Yeah. And they just, right out of the gate, they're like, oh yeah, it's got an acceleration and launch and top speed of 10. It's this, just like the fastest car in the game. Is there vehicle damage? Uh, yeah, there's some, but okay. like, not like, dense, you can't total like a huge car. dents or okay. anything. No. Cause I'm, I'm sure there's still licensed or cars in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's all licensed stuff. Um, but Are then you, you know, seeing a steering wheel on that, or just no thumbsticks? Yeah, just thumbsticks. I think steering wheel would be fun, but yeah. But then you have to have a steering wheel. Yeah, it's part of that, but like, you almost need the the quick reflex just to when you're like driving that fast through woods, you know, to get between the trees and stuff. Where a steering wheel, it'd be obviously more realistic, but you'd be crashing a lot more. Sure. Um, but I think I need a weekend at your house. Yeah. Where I can try VR yep. and sit down and play play that game too. So Oh yeah. It's yeah, it's fun. It's it's a blast. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's definitely a reason to try Game Pass for a month, that's for sure. Oh yeah, anything. I I still can't believe they're doing that. Like it's unreal how they, you know, put their brand new game on there for ten bucks. Yeah. So speaking of VR, did you see that huge like PlayStation sale right now with like every VR game ever is like dirt mm -hmm. cheap? I have a, most of them, I but I figured you would. All the good ones anyway, but um yeah, I'll have to look at that some more to see if there's anything I'm missing that I need. Did you see I think I heard this correctly that like to kind of build up hype for Borderlands again they are doing a patch to Borderlands 2. So you can play that in VR now? Is it a patch? I thought it was oh, like, a whole separate so thing. So this might be like a Doom VR sort of situation. Product. Okay. Yeah. That sounds incredibly nauseating to me. Like That is one game that yeah. I would not want to play in VR. Yeah, it is the whole game, apparently, in Ugh. 
in VR. For as frantic and fast as you have to move in that game, there's just no way I wouldn't throw up playing that no. VR. And then the psychos that come right after you, that would be terrifying. <laughs> Uh, yeah. what we need is a Bratz VR game for sure oh yeah so Andy would be all over that mm-hmm. Bratz VR angels just get my VR broom angel. out I'd get a broom out and clean the <laughs> my room in VR <laughs> sweep the crap out of that <laughs> they just basically made like house chores the game <laughs> it's the parents like uh, takeover where they're like we're gonna make the rooms now it'd be so confusing too for like men if you had to go to the bathroom and you had to wipe from front to back like we'd have to retrain our brains <laughs> uh, you would take it there wouldn't you it's brats where else are we gonna take it it's, <laughs> i have to Okay, moving on to the fail bag where we answer uh, 20-year-old gaming questions from old magazines as if they were addressed to us. So I think we're going to start off with EGM number 67. Uh, Eric from Jersey City. That's in New Jersey, if you didn't know. New Jersey! That was a classic game room reference. You don't have the reverb that he does, though, either. I know, it makes me sad. I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he says, "You are people. You are the people responsible for giving reviews about games, and in doing so, you give us gamers a good idea about what a game is like. In some reviews, you tell us about the challenge that a certain game is give is going to give us. I know that you have played tons of games, but just how good are you guys? I mean, how many games have you beaten?" What kind of games are you good at? Hey, you give us reviews, so show us proof that you are worthy. Wow. Hmm. Guy is going for the throat. I'm guessing this was written back in the era before, like, PlayStation and Xbox Live trophies and achievements, too, so. Yeah, can't even prove it that Anyone could be the best at anything. How are you going to know? You can't. Well. That's legit. If you think of like how many games they would have to review, they're not going to sit down and play the whole thing. <laughs> they're they're going to do, you know, sometimes what we do for buy, rent, burn, where it's like, <laughs> I gave this one five minutes. and What? You guys don't awful. play through to completion? Nate, I clearly <laughs> oh, explained this when you joined the podcast. You play every <laughs> game until it's done. Well, we're not a bunch of pansy-ass quitters around here. Yeah, we can't we can't oh. give our opinions unless we know what the whole game is. Right. I wouldn't have been able to Dang burn it. brats had I not played the entire thing. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> now, Snood, you can play five minutes and you know what the game is. The whole game no! is right there. It always comes back. It always comes back. I think that's a legitimate question. How, how, do, you, how do you prove? They gotta, like, take pictures of uh, the end screen <laughs> and post it in the magazine, you know? Right. Well, I think like this is something that in the review world, I think has gotten maybe better. Like I think games journalism nowadays, 
Um, I think a lot more people, well, minus Philip Mewson, uh, tend to play games <laughs> to completion because I think back, back, you know, in, in the earlier days, like, you know, the early two thousands when games were long, um, there were a ton of them coming out and they had press deadlines when things were still being printed. I'm sure there were plenty of people who used cheats and stuff to get to the end of reviews, I'm sure. but I don't know. I think for the most part, like. I would I would bet a lot of these reviewers are doing it because they love games and want to complete them. But I'm sure out of desperation everyone uses a cheat code here or there. I mean sometimes they're playing incomplete sure. builds of games. You know, it's kinda like the I was gonna say it's kinda like uh I know it's not reviews, but the Nintendo hotline. Uh I remember reading some things and even seeing some uh uh YouTube videos of guys that uh were on the Nintendo hotline and they were getting calls and they were just like playing through games and figuring things out so that they could help these kids that were calling in at you know, whatever it is, 99 cents a minute <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, they definitely had those people that are doing those kind of things have a passion for it. And so they are probably playing through all the games from beginning to end and knowing all the outs to get paid to tell somebody this is how you beat this. It's a pretty sweet job. Yeah. And usually like a bigger staff, they usually assign the people that are good at a certain style of game. You don't put like the, the racing guy on a fighting game or, you know, that type right. of thing. So, or you wouldn't yeah. have staff. Yeah. They would just not do it. Right. Nobody wants to be tortured. I did love on this, the, the reply. They, they did know one of the editors is really good at RPGs. <laughs> it's like well that guy's like real the one busy. genre that one genre is not really like skill driven it's more just the time investment persistence <laughs> yeah. he's not married doesn't he doesn't date anyone so he's got a lot of time that was like day one who's single all right this guy you're in charge of rpgs <laughs> but i think like to answer this question directly um we all play and have beaten every game in our collection. Um, and additionally, moreover on that, Andy with his website plays and beats every game prior to listing it and shipping it out to people. So, I mean, we're legit. We're hardcore. Come at us, bro. Yeah. Come at us. Yeah. What you got? Need to know. <laughs> that would be insane. Uh, could you imagine? I on it in all honesty, like I'm the worst at completing games. I'm I'm always the guy who gets like seventy five percent, eighty percent in and then like gets distracted and just either can't pick it back up to complete it or I just don't get back at all. So You move on to the next game. <clears throat> Yeah, I've played a shit ton of games, I've beaten very few. Especially nowadays. Like I just don't I can't even take stuff on. But sometimes even that gives a purpose in a review setting though too like the ones that push you to the end are the great the better game then you know yeah that's true like if you know that somebody always has to beat a game how do you know if it's worth playing all the way through excellent point sure. that was deep andy yeah it was deep ryan you're a video game reviewer i'm something qualify now I'm qualified enough to know that Snoot is better than Bratz. I'm pretty sure there's an Airzonk review on on online. Did I review that? I think that's a review. Oh my god, yeah. I never I stopped because I 
remember doing reviews and I'm like, I'm bad at this. I can't, I, I bet that's delisted. I'll check, but I'm pretty sure I delisted all my cringeworthy stuff. We can keep going. I'll just look it up in the background. Sure. We have more pressing letters, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jaquai from Milwaukee is asking, I would like to say that I really like to read your magazine. There's a question that I would like to ask all of you. Who is the first African-American character to appear in a video game that came to the U.S.? I'm trying to think back on... I'm kind of going through... It had to be NES, because like prior to that, maybe on computers, but I don't know, Like most people were like blue or green or... So uh, Jordan versus Bird. Oh, that's a good one. There had to be the, one earlier the, uh, than that, though. Super Spike V Ball. Yeah, one there, of the McKids was. Are there black guys buzz. in that? Oh, MC Kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jordan versus Bird wow. is a good one though, because that predates because it was PC even. Yeah. Yeah. Did they answer? Tech Mobile. They, I mean, they don't, they don't know the, yeah, I guess Technobo would count. <laughs> Wait a second. They all got helmets on. But Bo Jackson's name is clearly printed. Bo Jackson. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he didn't make the cover because they weren't progressive enough back then. So it's got to be even earlier than that then, right? In the mid eighties. I wonder, I'm just curious, like Did what happens if you Google first black person in video game? I bet this does goes nowhere. Atari 2600, did they have any? It would have to be only in the manual, because you would never know otherwise. Yeah, not really. Yeah, what qualifies? That, that's tough. Kind of have to narrow that down. I'm really curious what the answer is, though. So, I, I don't think they know what the answer is here, but sure. this is what their guess is. They said... There were a number of games that featured African-American enemies in stereotypical roles. Oh, no. So we decided to try and figure out which game actually featured a protagonist. <laughs> no. So, okay, uh, that makes sense, because, yeah, if you're going to do protagonist, right? Yeah. So what they came up with was Dr. J versus Larry Bird, one-on-one. -on -one. Oh. And it was featured on several systems in the early 80s. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. That I mean, that would Guys, be... Guys, I almost had it. I almost had it. Almost. <laughs> Just through the way of the most whitest person ever to play basketball. <laughs> Larry Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird. Uh, huh. Yeah, interesting. Oh, that's such an awful game. Gordon vs. Well, it beats the hell out of like Atari basketball, though, where it's like the two stick figures. Not <laughs> true. Wow, that's a crazy question. Interesting. Still thinking. Well, I mean, technically, wasn't weren't most TVs black and white before the NES? So literally, <laughs> like anything featuring a stick man was kind of. The black pong paddle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, so Matthew, who also goes by Pork Boy, the Dancing Breakfast Monkey. Yes. 
Get, let, the best name we've had so far. Can, can you say, <laughs> well, okay, say it again? Yeah, I, I know. A little bit slower. I need to hear it one more time. Can we hear it? Yeah. His, slower. His, his alias is Pork Boy, the Dancing Breakfast Monkey. I love that. I wish that was my PSN name. I'm going to Google that because I'm guessing he's used that in other spots. <laughs> There's that. A, that's one that should stick. I. Google even comes up with an auto suggest that says "Pork Boy the Breakfast Monkey." Nice. What? Some big famous person. Maybe he was the first African American character in a video game. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Was there like a property it, that this was based on, or something? Are you regretting that search? It looks like maybe it was in something in all that. Okay. TV show Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, the Nickelodeon. That would TV make sense show. then. Clever. At least it wasn't something from Hey Dude, because that show sucked. Oh. <laughs> Just watched a review on that yesterday. Pushing up roses. Yeah, that was the I one I saw. I watched it yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It's <laughs> <laughs> really sad. Yeah, that is so sad. We all stumble across the same. It must have been like really pushed for the recommended. <laughs> That's really hilarious. Yeah, I just watched it. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to do more uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do more research on that later, but uh this guy stole a meme before memes were a thing, okay. apparently. He was ahead uh, of the curve. He says Yeah. He says, lately I've noticed that ever since Super Mario 64 came out on the N64, just about every other company in the market has been making games where your character can roam freely throughout a 3D world. This is making me pretty mad. I mean, why can't companies just come up with new ideas instead of copying other video games? <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a pivotal moment in the gaming stupid. industry because obviously... That was the first instance of copycat games, was games going after Mario 64, and it hadn't happened in the history of any other game system Right, ever. well, plus, Mario, Mario made 3D platforming. You can't make another one again. Right. Right? Otherwise, you're just you're just No platforms. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if that, if that, if that <laughs> statement would have saved us from Bubsy 3D, then yeah, I, I would agree with your sentiment. Yeah. That's how the That's got to be one of the worst questions. That is how the games industry works. <laughs> Find something that people love and make a different flavor of it. Let's take that question a little bit further and let's just go hypothetical. Let's say that you could copyright a genre of game. <laughs> so, like <laughs> Mario was the platformer that was it. It I would just wonder what the video game industry would do and and like just how messed up that would be. Yeah, you couldn't make a right. 3D game at all <laughs> because Mario yeah. had the license. Yep, so you're stuck now. So Completely boned. To be so upset to about anything. it, too. The fact that he is, like, disturbed with this. I'm very enraged that there are other games that are like this. Like, what? Just play Mario 64, Maybe dude. he's still like that to this day where he's like, I can't believe all these PS4 games are just Honestly, this sounds like 15 Cop Copying Mario 64. <laughs> the, you know who this guy is? It's the guy from Family Guy. 
just like you're a phony you're nothing but a big fat phony he's like i picture this kid walking through like toys r us back in the day just like yelling at fucking game pictures phony fuck you banjo you're a phony mario 64 did it (laughs) yeah that's true holy shit did that just open the floodgates for the 64 alone like not even counting like playstation and other like the 3d platformer was the genre outside of wrestling games on the 64 yeah yeah careful matthew you own your 64 you take all the 3d platformers off that system <laughs> you don't have much left. yeah good luck <laughs> that's yeah that's insane i thought that was hilarious that it's one thing to say like, oh, they copied this, but to then be like running around a 3D world, well, that's what every game is. Right. It was the natural evolution of games because yeah, it was the yeah. whole point of that like genre or like that era of gaming was like ushering it all into 3D. Every game went that way. Can't fight evolution. Yeah. Okay. Walter from Los Angeles. He's wondering where the games are. He says, about two months ago, I went out and bought the Atari Jaguar. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ryan Walter, we, Walter, why? Looking back, this was probably one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in recent years. At least you realize <laughs> it. That's the first step is admitting where you went wrong. I mean, where are all the games? Sure, Alien vs. Predator is cool, and so is Tempest 2000. But where's all this great software we've been hearing about? Am I stupid for following Atari's multi-million dollar ad campaign? Or will things start looking up for this system? Please let me know. So what's this guy's name? Walter. Walter, Is it Walter in Harrison. quotes? Is it in quotes, a.k.a. Ryan? Did you write this letter? <laughs> Don't be hating. Got that Jaguar love? <laughs> Uh, I don't think he was wrong for falling for the ad campaign, but I think he will be brutally portrayed betrayed by just the lack of support for this platform. I mean, they had a pretty the good, they had a pretty good hype train for this thing. And even like some of the early games press spoke positively of it, but I mean, that all kind of died off after a month. So he probably at this point should have been aware that nobody was buying one and that there were no games. That's just my guess. Poor guy. I mean, unless this was like at launch. He made mm. a big decision. And he's like, okay, what, what gaming console? I'm, I'm getting the Jaguar. Yeah, it's promising. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. No games for Christmas. No games for <laughs> birthday. They say, hang tight, Walter. Lots of new, exciting stuff. Why, EGM? Why did you lie to him? <laughs> Don't do it. It's called the PlayStation, Walter. It's called the PlayStation. <laughs> oh, that's that's too bad that they gave him false hope. Uh, two pages later, there's an ad for a Jaguar CD. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, actually, if Walter bought that now, or at the time of the writing this letter, it would be worth a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Did the right thing. Why is there so much for a system that had no sales and just completely died? We stumble across a lot of letters with people talking about their Jaguars. It's oh, kind of absurd. Every, almost everything. It's 
it's kind of these mid nineties, uh, magazines were street fighter 2 mortal Kombat, and atari jaguar right <laughs> it's really weird that's where everything that's where the industry was at cutting yeah. edge <laughs> so i gotta i'm gonna finish the show here uh on a bunch of what if questions for you guys i like it what if miss pac-man had an affair with kirby be a fine looking baby we'd still we'd, be around we'd get nate <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Kirby's almost ghost-like, though. He's more on the ghost side than he is the pack side. So it would be like going across lines. Yeah. That would make Pac-Man a pretty awesome game. Yeah, if you could suck up the ghosts and then become yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gain their, their powers. It'd make a super baby. I just feel like given Kirby's like standard ability, he'd probably be better paired up with Mr. Pac-Man or just Pac-Man, you know, seems like he's got a skill set that'd be conducive to that relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh... (laughs) Where can you turn this one? <laughs> reptile's tongue. What if reptile's tongue got stuck to Sub Zero? <laughs> oh my over. gosh! That would be like a great fatality. I can't believe they ever did that. Finish him. Shatter his tongue and just like bash him. That would be pretty great. What if Shang Tsung got a job at McDonald's and used his own style of dealing with picky customers? Well, he probably wouldn't work at McDonald's very long. (laughs) He'd probably be in jail if he... (laughs) Like, what are you going to do? Like, what? why would you want to steal the soul of a McDonald's customer anyway? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's not a win-win proposition right there. You're probably losing in that you added, what, two years to your life? whoop de doo <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You're creating, you're extending your own hell at that point. <laughs> that was during the Super Size era, so. Yeah. And finally, what if EGM didn't mention Mortal Kombat once in their magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure so that was a burn to them. That one. I mean, I don't feel like only EGM talked way too much about Mortal Kombat, though. Oh yeah, <clears throat> defined like a five-year period in gaming. Sadly, yeah. What a weird string of questions. Because he starts off with Man, like no. the Pac-Man Kirby thing, and then it's all friggin' Mortal Kombat shit. Yeah, it's it's all random people. I think. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. So they just had a bunch of random what ifs come in. Yeah, and then they just post them. Hmm. Some of them, there's a lot more, but they are really dumb. I don't know if you've well, come ever on. hung around any like five, six year old, seven year old kids and the things that they come up with. Give me one of the. Give me the dumbest one. I'm curious. Okay, I'll find the dumbest one here. 
What if E Honda called Jenny Craig? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's awesome. Best one. <laughs> that one is pretty good. Then there's ones in here that is like, this is not a kid that wrote this. So, what if Lor- Lorena Bobbitt teamed up with the Menendez brothers in a game? Oh my god. Oh. It was called Thrill Kill and they canceled it. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> oh man. Oof. That got dark. Yeah, Charles, maybe... I don't know what you're thinking about, like, what you want to see in your games, but... <laughs> cool. You need to get help. <laughs> the ESRB is, like, beating this guy down as we speak. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have, so... You want to take us out, Nate? Yep. I can do that. So you can check everything out. Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com make sure you check us out on youtube and twitter and as always be kind rewind snood bananas bananas banana ball brats all the time now